Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Fantasy Romance and Romantic Fantasy, here with my first cup of coffee. Hmm. I'll suck that puppy down this morning. Uh, today is oh, bouncing the table. Uh, today is I don't know. <laughs> um, Thursday, June third. See, I knew just had to think about it for a second. Uh, I was sleeping one of those very hard sleeps this morning, you know, where you come out of the sleep um, kind of disoriented, you know, that you were in that deep sleep. So it's lingering still. Uh, I think I drained my brain a little bit. Um, I did not get my 3k yesterday. I got my 3k on <laughs> days. What are words for days? Um, on Monday and Tuesday. And then Tuesday evening, I met up with Dorinda and worked on the V project and got some words on that. Not so many. And then yesterday, I did okay for the first two hours. I didn't have a brilliant first two hours, but I did okay. Uh, I could even tell you what I got. Um, so I did 611 and then 869. And then um, coming back for that third hour, I crashed. Um, I just had nothing. Brain went blank, was tired. I could tell that I was um, tired too because I, I take longer breaks in between. You know, Dorinda and I will say, okay, you know, potty break and go make more tea and come back. And she was back yesterday, both times before I was, and I was, um, yeah, just, just tired. And I don't know if it's working on that V project in the evening or not. It could be, um, exceeding that 3000 words a day is just either I've got a mental block about it or it's a real thing. Um, could be both, but I have worked over time to establish that that 3000 words a day is that that seems to be my my mental limit and i know that's good uh whenever i say that to people that i'd like to be able to do more than that or write a, on a separate project in the evening they'll always say you know well three thousand words a day is really good jeffy i'd like to be able to do that much and so even though there are people who can do more than that have to own our own our process own who we are what we do so i told dorinda that i'm certainly not going to try to do this um v project in the evenings until bright familiar is done have to get bright familiar finished i'm very excited though that um i got a bookbub featured deal yay baby's first bookbub featured deal uh, you know, everybody talks about that. They try and try and try and have such a, um, difficult time getting these featured deals. And it's annoying cause they're kind of expensive too, but then everybody says, oh, well you pay, you, you make your money back easily. And it's just the most effective promo there is. So, um, June 11th, there's going to be a featured deal for dark wizard super exciting. So 
I might try and stack a few ads for those of you who don't know if you can make the book barb feature deal and I haven't tried this before I actually had one before but it was an international blah, 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 had an extra syllable in there it was an international one and it um, really didn't do all that much but that's what I've heard other people say but if the book bub featured deal is kind of the holy grail um, and I got it in paranormal romance for dark wizard I had tried before with dark wizard in fantasy and this time I tried with paranormal romance and you know the book bub people when they talk at conferences they say oh well if you propose a different category than we think it'll work best in we'll we'll suggest the other category but I think it made a difference that I suggested it for paranormal romance this time which direct supposedly has many fewer followers than fantasy so they say they've got something like 1.7 million subscribers to fantasy and 900,000 to paranormal romance which I don't know why that would be except that I think that a lot of people think that paranormal romance isn't what they like to read. Thank you. Excuse me. So I mean I don't know that I would necessarily subscribe to paranormal romance and of course they don't have fantasy romance or romantic fantasy and it's certainly not contemporary romance. So anyway um what people talk about and I've read up on some of this stuff and people talk about it on the authors forums and so forth is that if you can get that book bub featured deal and then you do what they call ad stacking that you do ads on other sites around it. So I will let you know which sites I decide to do um June 11th is not far away so I don't have a whole lot of time to do this and I didn't have time to do it yesterday so I'm going to um get it figured out soon um but I did ask a couple of my authory friends who've done this before and so far the consensus is is that the ad stacking doesn't make that much difference that there's only one site that um has seemed to move the needle at all and even then it was something like 75 to 100 copies sold um, on Amazon which is the one that's easy to see in real time uh, and no I don't remember which one so I will let you know though I will report back and tell you which ones I ended up deciding to do and um and what the results are at least general so uh we'll see if I earn my money back wouldn't that be nice um or more than but it's a good lead up to uh release of bright familiar in July which is why I need to make sure to get bright familiar done in time. So all of that is uh going to say that I told Dorinda I'm gonna have to pause the V project I do want to do it but I have to get bright familiar drafted first. Well finished finished and then what I might try to do is the thing that I've done before which is I might try um <laughs> I started thinking about something started thinking about the numbers 
in, as soon as I finish Bright Familiar, instead of heading right into Dragon's Daughter, I might take a few days and work on the V project, work on that for a week. The other possibility is to work on the V project on Saturday or Sunday. Because back in the day when I still had the day job, it's kind of cloudy here this morning. I've seen the clouds are condensing more. I'm supposed to get more rain today. Yay. Um, but, but it's like my screen darkened. You, you get sound effects with that. Um, oh, I used to write six days a week. Um, I did not write 3,000 words a day. I wrote six days a week, though. And instead of, I, I know I need at least one day off of writing, but I might, I might try working um, like one day a week on, on the V project. Could try it. See if, see if there's an impact. But again, I'm not going to experiment with this until I'm done with Bright Familiar. Uh, Bright Familiar is eating my brain a little bit. Maybe it's just where I'm at in the story. Um, I'm right about 75,000 words. I'm at the Act 2 climax. Um, I'm still not entirely sure what's going to happen in this book, um, which I shouldn't be too upset because I know I do that all the time. But it does feel like that takes kind of a bigger bite out of me when I'm in that place. So um, drafting a new book, dra drafting Dragon's Daughter, I should be able to, um, I'll have a little bit more room to experiment with uh, adding on the V project as well. But for now it's going to get set aside, which is too bad because I really like it. Um, so I'm going to write it at some point, but we will see. So um, the other stuff that's going on, uh, a few people have uh, given me interesting feedback on my ruminations on Kindle Unlimited and self-published book quality and so forth. Uh, one of the most valuable pieces of feedback came from Nathan Lowell, uh, who is CFO of Cephla, amazing science fiction writer uh, and inspiration for this podcast. If you guys didn't know, he does a podcast um, pretty much daily that's uh, talking on my morning walk. And that's exactly what he does. He talks for like 20 minutes while he's doing his morning walk. And that was what made me think, oh, hey, I could talk over my first cup of coffee. That bastard's getting exercise at the same time. So he's kind of um, got it all over me. But I've got video now. So <laughs> Nathan. Anyway, I really like Nathan. He's a very sharp guy. Uh, hello, Hummer. Did you hear? She said hi. Yeah. Um, I love how she's getting on the feeder and chirping a little bit as she does. She feeds a little bit, then pops up and looks at me. Now she's settled down. Uh, so Nathan said, he tweeted back to me and he said, I hear you. I've listened to what you've said. And said that he didn't disagree. And he said, but the thing is, is that he pointed out my own, what I'd been saying, that I was complaining that books are not widgets. And he kind of, he didn't throw my words back at me, but he said, 
art is non-fungible that you can't just swap one thing out for another. So I can't look at say the Kindle Unlimited pool and pull out this book and this book and act like they are fungible interchangeable like they are the same thing. Uh, and he's he's absolutely right. And a number of people have um, it's always interesting to observe the degrees of reaction on this. Some people want to debate it. Other people kind of get upset. Um, there's usually someone who will jump in and say something along the lines of you know that we shouldn't criticize what what paths other authors choose which I don't feel like I was doing. Um, I I don't really disapprove or feel like I want to be critical of anyone who chooses Kindle Unlimited. I think there's good reasons to do it. Um, and I've dabbled in it myself. I've I worry about um, some of the attendant decisions that can go with choosing Kindle Unlimited uh, which can especially this idea that um, that readers perceive it as being free which I feel like is really problematic to begin with and and I've had this argument with a number of people and uh, one of my friends was convinced after a while because she said no people know it's not free uh, you know because they know that they pay their subscription and I think library addict brought this up too. Sorry I haven't replied to your comment yet. I meant to it's been awake. Um, you know that people know that this is a subscription but then she walked into her local public library and they said um, something about like oh and we've been talking about library stuff too and library pricing and there was a huge sign on her local library saying uh, read digital books on overdrive for free and yes it doesn't cost the library patron anything to check out those books the digital books but all of this is creating the perception that ebooks are free and that ebooks there's the coil warning um, that ebooks on Kindle Unlimited are free and people will say oh well I'll read it because it's free and knowing that there is such a low barrier to entry are some writers choosing to go with a lower quality because they can get away with it. I mean we're all pressed for time we're pressed for creative energy um, that's where I worry. Uh, the other arguments that have come up that are I think always interesting is that there uh, is not an objective quality of good which I agree with art that there is not a um, it's not math you can't say that the equation was solved correctly or not. Um, however I feel like sometimes this gets taken to a ridiculous degree because I have seen not necessarily with this particular debate but I've seen uh, authors argue that that things like grammar and punctuation are not relevant that all that matters is that you tell the story and you don't have to have correct grammar. <coughs> and this always strikes me as the argument of the person who 
doesn't want to have to um, be honest with themselves about the fact that they don't have good grammar. Uh, and in some ways that does come down to math. There are grammar and punctuation rules that you can either break or not break. And if you're going to break them, you should do so consciously. And I do, I, I do so consciously, but I do think you should know what they are. Um, excusing not knowing good grammar as being, oh, well, that part doesn't matter. All that matters is the story. Uh, that doesn't fly with me personally. Um, and like I said, I don't think anyone brought that up on this particular debate, but I've heard it numerous times before. And it sometimes gets slid into the whole debate of, um, you know, people who do the equivalent of um, sampling with books. There was, a, oh, it was a while back. I don't know, 10 or 15 years ago. And I don't, I'm not going to remember the author name of the book, but this gal took passages from all these different books and put them together and um, got called out for plagiarism. And she said, no, I'm, I'm not plagiarizing. I'm just sampling. This is the new, the new way. This is how we do with art. Um, it's like found art. <laughs> it's like, no, actually it's like stolen art. <laughs> So I, I feel like there is um, a fine line sometimes between defensiveness and looking and open-mindedness maybe. Um, but when I talk about things like, I agree that I don't think that like the Nebula Award winner novels are objectively better than other novels. In fact, uh, there are ones that I just don't enjoy reading for various reasons. Um, so yes, I don't think that like your creative writing MFA program teaches an objective measure of good art. But when I talk about things like um, inconsistent characterization, um, I don't think, I'm not talking about things that are in the eye of the beholder. I'm not talking about whether or not a character resonates with you. That's not what I mean by inconsistent characterization. I mean, uh, like at the beginning of the book, the protagonist is wearing a red dress. And at the end of the book, she reflects back just like that night when I was wearing the blue dress. And it's, it's a continuity error. And then it becomes even more important because, um, especially if it's like the red dress was actually, and this is obviously a metaphor, I'm talking about things that are emotional states, right? And if she, you know, looks back and says, um, just like that night that I was wearing the blue dress and it, and, but in the book, the red dress, was was integral because like the the hero noticed her because of the red dress and she wore the red dress because it was a dramatic statement and then so at the end of the book when the author is forgotten about the red dress i mean that's what i'm talking about you know and says oh you know that blue dress not only is the author forgotten and not gone back to check and not had anyone check her continuity uh she's forgotten the significance of the red dress entirely. 
Um, so that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. I just read a story like this where the character thinks, um, you know, and that's why I was determined to do this at the beginning. And it's like, no, no, actually you were determined to do that at the beginning. And now you've just completely disrupted the character arc. That's the kind of thing that I'm talking about. And I feel like you can assign a fairly objective quality to that. And look, the sun is coming out, so nature agrees with me. I didn't do earrings. I feel like maybe I've done these earrings before. These are the last of the danglies, and I'd been skipping these till now because I kind of have a memory that I did them before. And then I said, well, better to do them twice than not at all because they're these super fun, very sparkly phoenix earrings. There is a circle. They're, they're set in kind of a goldy color costume jewelry uh, with alternating uh, blue and blush faceted stones. And then rising through the circle like it's a sun is um, a bird shape with one wing higher than the other. Uh, sort of a pavé style with more blue and blush stones in the wings all you know, like crystals. And then at the bottom is a little cluster of various longer beads. And it's very sparkly and huge. And my stepsister Hope gave these to me. And and I love them. They're a little bit heavy, but uh, super fun. So uh, Safwa's Nebula Conference starts today. Yay, Safwa. And uh, along with, with mentoring and stuff. So I'm going to be online this evening with... Uh, some mentees. I, I agreed to take more than one. Last year I had three. So we just sort of did the group group session. Uh, so maybe I will see some of you tonight. And otherwise, I will remind you all that First Cup of Coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network. And you will find more podcasts you love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all tomorrow. Take care. Bye-bye.